very mighty guest. I would like to introduce Mike Olasky, the last OG Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, Mike. So for those of you who don't know Mike, Mike was the last OG Red Ranger, played Rocky. Um, what was that experience like for you? I mean, you jumped on to what was probably the biggest show of that generation and being able to play probably the most popular color of the Rangers is red, in my opinion. I mean, that might be a little biased, but... Yeah, well, I mean, playing uh, playing a Red Ranger was... Um, obviously a dream come true. I mean, my favorite, um, my favorite Ranger as a kid was Red and to be a kid on the show as the Red Ranger, uh, was definitely a dream come true, especially during that time. Um, you know, being uh, 11 years old and being on the show and playing a, a you know, a younger version of, a, of an older Ranger is awesome, but to be on such a big show that's catered to my age bracket, um, while being on it, I mean, it's just, Every, every person in my school wanted to be a Power Ranger. Um, I wanted to be a Power Ranger. So um, it, it worked out really well for me that I actually got to fulfill the dreams of my generation. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I know I was born in 2000, so I, my generation did not get to grow up with your iteration of the Power Rangers. We grew up with Dino Thunder. Dino Thunder was like the coolest thing ever as a kid. I can remember all my friends were like, oh my God, they have dinosaurs. That was literally all we needed to hear about Power Rangers was there's dinosaurs. I think yeah. that's why I've always liked the Red Ranger because he was a, he had a T-Rex and I always thought T-Rex was the coolest dinosaur. Kids kids were uh, kids were stoked about dinosaurs uh, then as they are now. I mean, you know, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were uh, dinosaurs and then came Dino Thunder. And uh, apparently now in the newest iteration of the series, they're going they're going back to that well with dinosaurs yet again. So that should be that should be pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, speaking of the new iteration, if you ever got the chance to jump back on the show for a cameo or something, would you do that? You know, we were talking uh, with some of the production guys about the possibility of me returning. Um, I can't really uh, say anything about that because of like non-disclosure stuff. Uh, but all, all I usually tell people is that let's just say that there are a lot of other more popular rangers that they might want to bring back before me. Um, but uh, given the opportunity and the chance, if it's like a if it's like a good enough role, uh, definitely it'd be fun to kind of come back and and sort of go full circle where I started my acting career and return to the show. But uh, you know, if it's just like a throwaway cameo, I don't know that I'd be that interested in it to be honest. Yeah, I can imagine. They've done a couple crossovers like that, and I thought they've always been cool, but me personally, I've always wondered what happened to your character after the show finished. Yeah, I mean, there's who who knows what what could have happened. There's a lot of there's a lot of fan theories, a lot of uh, a lot of fun fan fiction out there, but um, you know, when when part of part of being a Power Ranger is passing on the mantle to to somebody else, to a new group, especially after 28 years um, of television episodes uh you kind of go into it knowing that it's going to end and uh um and that they're not going to follow your character anymore and i think that's why it's lived so long it's just it constantly reinvents itself for um the newer generations yeah i've always thought that's been cool and i've always i know a lot of fans with do you ever read the fan fiction at all um not so much uh i get sent fan fiction a lot but i just don't really have the time uh, to really sit down and read a lot of the fan fiction. I do I do get a lot of the fan theories more because those are more like digestible bits. 
Um, but uh, but as far as like actually sitting down and reading fan theory, I don't really go into that. Yeah, I haven't either. I didn't know there was that much fan theory for Power Rangers, to be honest. I know there's fan theory in a lot of stuff, but I like to read the brass tacks, what's canon, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a, a, a very uh, rabid fan base of Power Rangers. And, it, you know, it surprised, surprised me how, how people uh, love it still into their adulthood and they're still... Um, and they're still really into it. And that's awesome, man. I mean, I love anything that inspires somebody's creativity, whatever gets you thinking about stuff and writing, I'm more than happy to be a part of. Yeah, so, so I imagine you like going to the Comic-Cons then and then hearing the stories about how you impacted somebody's life. Going to Comic-Cons is something that I just started doing um, fairly recently. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, very, it's very endearing to hear, you know, how many people... Um, were inspired to to start martial arts with Power Rangers. Um, you know how many people were inspired just to be uh, physical uh, and and you know I get so many people that come up to me and they actually like own martial arts schools and uh, and say hey I got started in Power Rangers because you know or I got started in martial arts because I watched Power Rangers or I watched Three Ninjas. Um, you know a couple a couple of people even came up and says hey my mom named me Colt after the Three Ninjas which is which is kind of funny. I can imagine being named after somebody. That, that That's when you know you've made it, is when somebody names their kid after you. Apparently. Well, I mean, my name's not Colt, but the character I played did. Yeah, the character, <laughs> obviously. So, have you met any of the other Power Rangers from the other shows? Yeah. Any of the actors I mean, who played them? When it goes to Comic-Cons, I mean, Power Rangers um, being such a popular show, you end up seeing a whole lot of them um, on Comic-Cons. And you end up get to hanging, get to, get to hanging and, and reconnecting and stuff like that. Um, you know, J, JDF and I are are very close. Jason David Frank, the original Green Ranger. Love um, Jason. He's awesome. Good guy. Uh, obviously, Steve Cardenas is the guy who played the older form of Rocky. Um, the uh, Austin St. John, who was my Red Ranger when I when I auditioned for Power Rangers. Um, obviously, Blake Foster and I. Uh, we have a we have a fight coming up, an MMA fight coming up in January of next year in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we're we're good friends. We grew up uh, acting together, actually, and uh, um, we would beat each other out for parts all the time. So uh, Comic Cons really help not only fans connect with the actors, but help actors sort of reconnect with people that they haven't seen before uh, in in like forever. So it's it's really cool. Yeah, I can imagine. But speaking about that fight, how did that come up because i remember when i first heard about the fight i was like i mean this is kind of every kid's dream like to see two power rangers but like in real life pitted against each other so how did the discussion start for that fight you know i think it was uh it was just a little bit of a joke obviously i, I have some if you google me or whatever i have some um some amateur mixed martial arts fighting background i i am uh, got some championships on the amateur level of, of mixed martial arts. And I just kind of jokingly put out there, um, you know, that because uh, I know Jason David Frank had some uh, MMA background as well. Um, so I, I just jokingly put out there, I was like, hey, who would win in an MMA fight? Um, and then, you know, Blake gave me a call and he was we were talking about it. And he's like, dude, I, I'd totally be down because, um, you know, Jason's super talented martial artist. But obviously, I think he's kind of retired from that MMA scene. And Blake was Blake was a um, a world champion, a, a point karate champion as a kid. Um, it's very physical now. Uh, big buff dude, over six feet, um, 225 pounds. And he was like, "Hey, if you're willing to do it, man, I'm willing to step in the cage." 
And I, I just love people who are athletic and are like, yeah, man, game, let's go for it. Um, so, you know, I use my contacts to contact a few p venues that I know, see who is interested and stuff like that. And um, it looks like in January, we're settled to fight for the light heavyweight title, as well as the, uh, the bragging clout of being the world's toughest ranger uh, in the fight capital of the world. Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. So when you get in an MMA back, MMA match and you step into that ring, what is, what is, what is going through your mind when you're getting ready to get into that fight? Um, well, you know, when it comes to fighting, um, the worst part of fighting for me in general, uh, whether it be, you know, mixed martial arts or any kind of tournament uh, setting, is the lead up to the actual fight. There's a lot of waiting around and doing nothing, and your mind just kind of like goes over simulations over and over again. Um, makes me feel like I have autism or something, uh, because I'm just stemming over this, over this one situation, but... Uh, the second you kind of get into the cage and everything locks down, it's just like a calm, serene silence. Uh, your brain is just taking in information as it comes along, and your body's just a little bit on autopilot from all the training that you've done. So where I think is most people might think you'd be nervous in the cage um, and then relax out of it, uh, it tends to be, the at least for me, my personal experience, the exact opposite. I, I tend to be very jittery and nervous leading up to everything, but man, once I get into that cage and they lock that door, it's it's game time, and I turn into just a destroying robot. <laughs> <laughs> so, with when it comes to the fighting, do you enjoy doing the training aspect of it? I'm sure you have to diet, and there's a lot of working out involved. Do you enjoy that part of the fight? Yeah, I, I think one of the great things about fighting uh, is that it allows you to really kind of go crazy for a period of time and uh, everybody around you has to be okay with it because uh, you have this big thing coming up, right? Um, so one of the things that kind of happens once you get to my level of martial artist is that you can practice a certain amount of moves only so many times before it's just, you, you got it in practice mode. Uh, fighting allows you to take those moves and really apply it in a different context, in a different setting. And preparing for that fight uh, really helps you break sort of uh, sort of barriers, break sort of plateaus um, in, in training, and it makes you a better martial artist overall. So I love training for a fight, certainly, because every fight I do, I, I probably become a hundred percent better of a martial artist than I was before that fight. Whether I won that fight or I lost that fight, and just training for a fight, you become uh, literally twice as good as you were before, in my opinion. Um, so training for a fight always excites me because I know I'm going to get better regardless. Um, dieting is kind of part of that game. It's not necessarily fun, but it's, it's certainly part of it, and it's part of, you know, manipulating your body and taking control of everything. Um, and, I, I, again, the only part of a fight I don't like is the 24-hour span before the fight. After weigh-ins, you just kind of have to wait for, like, 24 hours, and you, you can't really train. There's not really anything you can do to take your mind off of the fact that this fight is coming and that you've, you know been building for this for like half a year or whatever um until the, they lock that cage behind you and then it's game time
in your experiences, what is what is the most memorable fight in the octagon you've had so far? When it comes to memorable fight moments, um, you know, it's funny. I actually have like a list, a bucket list of of moves that I would like to accomplish. And whenever I accomplish those moves in a fight, I kind of check it off. Um, and those tend to be my most exciting moments. Um, I don't reveal my bucket list because I don't want my opponents to know the things that I want. Of course. But uh, I can reveal the, the bucket list things that I have already gotten. Um, two major bucket list things was a spin back fist knockout. Um, I did a spin back fist, knocked somebody clean cold onto the ground to win a fight. And then the second so bucket cool. list thing would be um, a full-on suplex in the middle of the cage, just WWE style. And uh, those are the those are the first two of about five things on my bucket list. So that's pre- that's pretty awesome. I I can't imagine what it's like being surrounded by all those fans and just absolutely just taking a man and putting him in the ground unconscious. I just that's got to be a great feeling. It's uh, it's it's pretty epic. Um, you know, obviously I, I respect my opponents and, and all of their abilities, and I don't cut, I don't necessarily try to go for these things. Um, willy-nilly just because but if the opportunity presents itself you know i'm definitely taking it it's it's fun to ragdoll somebody and hit them with a planet um it's fun to you know kind of punch your friend in the mouth with nothing but muscle and bone shrink wrapped in skin um and that's what's awesome about blake foster is that you know he's he's totally into the competitive game he's down he's he's game to make it happen so that's what we're excited about i can imagine so I know you just opened up your own dojo, by the way. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you very much. Yes. Um, so have, do your students, what do they think about being trained by a Red Ranger and an MMA fighter? Um, I mean, that's part of the allure uh, that, that we use in, in dragging these kids in. Um, so I, I would imagine um, that they're pretty stoked uh, to be uh, hopefully trained by not only a fictional hero, but um, ideally a real hero as well. Um, you know, part of our process here at the uh, OMA Ranger Academy in Pleasant Grove is that we use my childhood acting career, whether it be Power Rangers or whether it be Three Ninjas, um, to inspire kids to get started in martial arts. And then what we do is we uh, do a bait and switch, for lack of a better term. Um, and uh, we teach them the hard work, the discipline, and the philosophy. Uh, that made me a five-time mixed martial arts champion. Um, so it, it tends to work really well because, you know, the hardest part is just getting off the couch. Once we get a kid in and we excite them about martial arts, then it's pretty easy to keep them. You know, unlike other martial arts studios that I've worked with or that I know, um, my retention rate is near is, is over 95 percent. Um, I don't I don't really have to worry about losing kids in the same way other martial arts gyms do. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's about just inspiring kids to get, to get off their butts, get off the video games and, and actually do something with their bodies. <laughs> I know, I know, I know a lot of kids that are, are younger that'll sit on a gaming station and play for 10 hours a day. I remember when I was a kid, I was forced to go outside. Like we had to, we had to do that kind of stuff. We were forced to, our parents wouldn't let us just set it in. I think it's awesome that you're taking the time to teach these kids there's more to life than video games and you're teaching them real life lessons that they can actually use in the real world because in today's society a lot of people don't teach hard work anymore 
Well, it's true, and you know, it's it's easy it's easy to let a kid sit on an iPhone or a video game or stuff like that. Um, and it, it's it could be very difficult for parents, especially if they if they don't put their kids in a sort of activity. Um, one of the good things about extracurricular activities like sports, um, so you know, whether it be martial arts or dance or you know, guitar, it doesn't matter. Um, it just really forces the kids to put down the the video game, the virtual reality for a moment, and actually focus on things and skills that are are, are actually happening in real reality. Because you know, you can't you can't be on your phone if somebody's trying to you know punch you in the face or hit you in the noodle with a sword, right? Um, so it, it's and it's the same thing with anything, whether it be football or whether it be playing the guitar, you're not gonna be able to be on your phone and do, and do that. So actually taking your kid out and, and putting them in a different environment to do those things is, is very beneficial um, in helping you even not be the bad guy, right? Because a lot of parents will feel bad about making a kid pause a video game or something to go outside and play. But if you set that standard early where you're like, no, martial arts at the same time every week, if you didn't want to pause your game you shouldn't have started playing it let's go and then you put them in a martial arts school where there's no wi-fi and they just have to use their bodies yeah uh for me it was definitely wrestling my dad uh was a big wrestler in high school super popular and i used to hate going into sports and i hated wrestling for a long time but when i looked down at the road at the lessons that i learned from my dad and the lessons that i learned from wrestling they helped me in life so much because I, I, did you wrestle at all ever? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't do um, I didn't do collegiate style or like folk style wrestling, but I did yeah. uh, shoot wrestling and catch wrestling, which has a lot of those aspects. Yeah, yeah and it's just a, it's a hard sport, and I think I think if kids could take the time to really appreciate more than just the the ball aspect of sports, I feel like that would that would help them to grow as hard workers. That's how it was for me anyway. Well, I mean, I'd imagine being in Indiana is probably a pretty big wrestling state. So it, it doesn't surprise basketball me. Basketball is actually our biggest. <laughs> I would imagine. Huge basketball state. Oh, is played, it bigger in basketball oh, than wrestling? Oh, my God, yes. I played one year of, of league basketball in, like, fourth grade, and I fouled out almost every single game. I'm way oh too aggressive for basketball. My, my whole thing is, like, if there's a lot of corn, there's probably a lot of wrestling, and I don't know why that's, that correlates, but... Wrestling's very popular, too, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely cornfields. Every, every two left turns, you're bound to see a, a cornfield at some point, at least in southern yeah, yeah. Indiana. <laughs> well, Mike... Thanks for swinging by the show. Really appreciate you coming by, and uh, maybe maybe we can get you and Blake on here before the fight, and we can have both you guys on for a episode, little head to head action. Yeah, it'd be awesome. We can definitely trash talk each other. Um, you know, we're we're both really good at it. So I mean, who knows? We can make it happen. I can imagine. Well, I appreciate you coming by, Mike, and um, hope you have a great day. Hope the studio or the doja keeps going well, and um, I wish you the best of luck, man. Thanks for well, coming thank by you. the show. It was so fun to be on the show with you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. No worries, man. And that is, that is going to be the end of the show. Um, make sure to swing by next week for next episode. And uh, remember, don't let the boat sink. This is Aaron Falkenberg saying see you next time.